May 15th, 2019. Howie's Big Cat Times article called Joe Maldonado Convicted on All Charges. Two murder for hire charges and 17 wildlife charges. Two issues ago, we cryptically reported to you that Joe Maldonado, formerly known as Joe Schreibvogel, had been arrested on two counts of murder for hire for seeking to hire two different individuals to murder our founder, Carol. We could not say more without risk that anything we said would impact the trial, which is now over. So, as a famous reporter Paul Harvey used to say, here is the rest of the story, abbreviated to fit our space here. For new readers, Maldonado for many years was, in our view, one of the most notorious tiger cub abusers. His Winniewood, Oklahoma Zoo constantly bred cubs so they could charge people to pet them and take photos with them. Undercover videos showed the cubs being physically punished to diminish their natural behaviors. For more on him and his zoo, see tigercubabuse.com. In addition to offering cub petting at his zoo, Maldonado had a traveling show. The tiny cubs and other animals were carted around to malls throughout the Midwest and Southwest, where the cubs would typically be on display in cages in the malls for petting from Wednesday to Sunday. The cubs were deprived of sleep and sometimes clearly sick. In 2010, we started contacting the malls, to educate them about what National Geographic this week called the dark truth behind cub petting and why one by one they began refusing to allow his abusive exhibit in the malls. To read National Geographic's expose on wildlife tourism, visit bit.ly slash dark truth or Google Nat Geo Animal Tourism. Joe's response was to rename his traveling show Big Cat Rescue Entertainment to make people think it was Big Cat Rescue operating the exhibit, using a logo similar to ours. To protect our name and reputation, we had no choice but to sue him in federal court for violating our intellectual property rights. We filed the suit in early 2011. We won a $1 million judgment in 2013, recorded the judgment in Oklahoma, and have spent the six years since then in an ongoing legal process to collect which is a whole story unto itself, too long for here. In November 2017, I was sitting at my desk when the phone rang. It was the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service Special Agent Matt Bryant. I had had a brief dialogue with Special Agent Bryant back in 2015 when some depositions we took in the lawsuit gave indications that Joe might be involved in illegal wildlife activities. Agent Bryant advised that FBI agent Andy Farabo was on the phone with him. Over the years, Joe had increasingly posted online both implied and sometimes very overt threats of harming Carol, either on Facebook or in videos. In one of those, he displayed a blow-up doll with a blonde wig. He said, quote, you want to know why Carol Baskin better never, ever, ever see me face-to-face, unquote, and then pulled out a large revolver and shot the doll through the head. In addition, on two separate occasions, once in 2015 and again in early 2017, people who were involved with the zoo contacted us to warn that Joe had tried to hire them or a relative of theirs to kill Carol. It was one thing to hear these reports from someone at the zoo, but the call from special agents Bryant and Faribault took this to a very different level for us. They advised that Joe was actively trying to hire someone to kill Carol that they were monitoring the situation, but that we should take precautions. 
Among those were installing security cameras and blinds at our home, carrying guns in our cars, removing the magnetic big cat rescue signs from our doors, and being very wary anytime we stopped for gas or parked anywhere. Carol stopped riding her bicycle to and from the sanctuary during most of the investigation. In the ensuing months, from time to time, I would check in with Special Agent Bryant. Finally, in August of 2018, Joe was arrested on the two counts of murder for hire. One count was for trying to hire a former felon who was employed doing lawn care at the zoo. The other was for trying to hire an FBI undercover agent who was brought in as part of the investigation. Meantime, Special Agent Bryant completed his investigation of Joe's wildlife activities, and Joe was subsequently charged with 17 additional counts. Five of those were violations of the Endangered Species Act take provision. The definition of take includes killing. It is hard to even write this part. In order to make room for some tigers, Joe was going to be paid to board by the circus. He selected five of his non-producing tigers, shot them in the head at close range with a shotgun, and buried them in a group grave on the zoo property. Four of the charges were violations of the Endangered Species Act prohibition against selling tigers without obtaining a captive bred wildlife permit. Many of our supporters were actually involved in this in a way they likely will not realize until they read this. Until they read this. In 1998, U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service implemented the generic tiger rule that said it was not necessary to obtain a permit to sell a tiger if it was not a pure subspecies. Only about 300 tigers that are in the large AZA zoos have had their heritage tracked to ensure that they are pure subspecies. All of the tigers at roadside zoos are of mixed subspecies, mostly a Bengal, mostly a mix of Bengal and Siberian, and many are inbred in addition. Back in 2011, we and a number of large animal welfare groups began a campaign to urge U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service to rescind the generic tiger rule and make all tigers subject to requiring a permit in order to sell a tiger across state lines. U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service published the proposed rescission for public comment, and thousands of you responded to our alert asking you to send comments and support. Your action was successful, and in 2016, the rule was rescinded. Prior to the 2016 rescission of the rule, it was legal for Joe to sell cubs to other USDA-licensed facilities without a permit. The rescission meant he had to get a permit from U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service to do so. In order to get such a permit, the applicant is supposed to show that the sale has some conservation purpose. Of course, his transfers of cubs for petting had no such purpose. And the process of applying for a permit usually takes many months and involves publishing the proposed application in the Federal Register for public comment. To evade this law, according to the testimony at trial, Joe and others in the industry indicate on the transfer forms that it was a donation instead of a sale and would accept payment in the sale of cash and would accept payment for the sale in cash. According to one of the witnesses, this had been a common practice in the zoo for 20 years, even during the time the generic tiger rule was in effect. But after the rescission, such sales without a permit became violations of the Endangered Species Act. The remaining eight charges were for lying on the transfer forms by indicating that these sales were actually donations. This is a separate violation of another federal animal welfare law, the Lacey Act. A witness who worked at the zoo for many years and delivered the cubs to buyers 
and accepted the cash payments, testified that he estimated Joe had done this with about 100 cubs over time. The murder-for-hire charges had generated much of the media attention. Some stories written may focus on only that, but other reporters we have spoken to seem to realize that this is truly a landmark case in animal welfare law, and that the big picture here is the mistreatment of captive big cats. It is extremely difficult to build a wildlife trafficking case when the transactions take place with cash, leaving no paper trail of payment. While the murder-for-hire investigation went on for about nine months, the investigation into Joe's wildlife trafficking had been underway for years. There had been reports of illegal sales of tiger cubs by past workers at the zoo, but none had this kind of rock-solid proof required to make a strong criminal case. It appears that the murder-for-hire investigation helped bring the wildlife investigation to a point where it could be prosecuted. This was also the first time the rescission of the generic tiger rule came into play, i.e., all of our work to urge rescission finally paid off. The testimony revealed in a vivid way how the handful of cub-petting exhibitors and others have evaded the law for years. We are hoping that some of the media work being done on the case will include the bigger picture of the abuse associated with the cub-petting industry and captive wildlife in general. The trial started on Monday, March the 25th, and ended on Tuesday, April 2nd. Carol testified on Tuesday, March 26th, and stayed wonderfully cool and calm as Joe's defense attorney badgered her. U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service brought in extra officers who transported us back and forth from the hotel to the courthouse for our safety and had us enter via a back entrance. We left the day after Carol's testimony. It was a tense few days after that as people who knew who we knew stayed for the full trial reported to us on the day's events each evening. Joe only had to convince one juror to have a hung jury. He took the stand in his own defense, which was pretty much its entire defense. The jury took only a few hours to come back with a verdict of guilty on all 19 counts. From what we understand, each murder-for-hire charge carries with it a maximum sentence of 10 years. It is a bit heartbreaking to realize that the maximum sentence for killing those five innocent tigers is only one year for each count. In contrast, the eight violations of the Lacey Act each carry a maximum sentence of five years each. We are told that the sentencing hearing should take place later this year. Unfortunately, the zoo continues to breed cubs for petting, and our seemingly endless lawsuit now focuses on the current operator. But at least Joe is held in jail without bail and hopefully will end up there for a long time. We are enormously grateful to the special agents who worked this case and the prosecutors who brought Maldonado to justice. Importantly, we also want to thank the many people who helped us get the generic tiger rule rescinded by sending in comments when it was published in the Federal Register. That played a critical role in this case, and we hope the information developed in this case leads to more prosecutions. However, the real solution is to stop the cub petting altogether. You can help make that happen, just like many of you successfully helped us get the generic tiger rule rescinded by calling Congress in support of the Big Cat Public Safety Act. Grassroots activism works. It only takes two minutes using our simple automated system by sending a text from your cell phone. 
please visit BigCatAct.com and add your voice to end the nightmare of cub petting abuse. If you're enjoying my diary, please like, share, and subscribe. You can find other ways to connect to me over at BigCatRescue.org forward slash Carol.Baskin.